Hello again. Welcome back. I'm Abby, and you're listening to Stories Lived, Stories Told. But of course, you already know that because you clicked on this episode. I learned something cool this week that I really want to share with you. I was in a Zoom meeting with some really awesome people who we are actually going to hear from in later episodes because they're doing some pretty amazing things with CMM. And right as the call was starting, we all took a moment to check in and respond to the question, how are you arriving today? As in, how are we arriving to this meeting? What were we bringing with us? What was going on around us? Where are our heads at? How is our energy and our focus as we start this meeting? Isn't that an amazing question? To me, that's a game changer. I think especially in professional situations, the expectation is to keep things unemotional or formal even. I don't see a lot of meetings start with this open kind of check-in, but all meetings should start like that. Honestly, every interaction between anyone should start like that. I just think that we set ourselves up for success when we, from the very beginning of an interaction, engage in a very genuine way. And believe it or not, that is totally an example of coordinated management of meaning. CMM, for those of you who need a reminder, is rooted in the idea that persons in conversation co-construct their social worlds and are simultaneously shaped by the worlds they create. I almost want to use this as like a mantra or an affirmation, like reminding ourselves that this is true to me can be empowering because it's, it's reminding us that we get to create the world we want. And, and it also increases self-awareness I think, by reminding us that we are not immune to the effects of our surroundings. I know it's a little wordy, especially if you aren't someone who is already immersed in the world and language of calm theory, but we'll continue to break it down and find new ways to understand this concept in our lives. CMM has always been important for the tools that it gives people to better understand the process of communication. CMM has a number of models that help explain the theory, so that's what our next couple minisodes are going to focus on. One of these is the LUT model, which we're going to talk about today. So the LUT model, and that's LUT, L-U-U-U-U-T-T. One L, four U's, two T's where each letter represents a different facet of stories. So let's break it down. Starting with the first L, these are our lived stories. But what does that mean? Well, our lived stories are what we actually experience before we start attaching any meaning to it, right? So let's use an example. Let's say that my lived story is that I met a friend for lunch. That is what happened at the most basic kind of level. So there's lived stories, and then our first U of the loop model is for unknown stories, or what is, what is missing. So back to our example, maybe it's unknown to me that my friend really cares about people being timely and respecting her and her time in that way, that to her being late is disrespectful. The next U is for untold stories, the things that we choose not to say. So maybe my friend decides not to tell me how my tardiness upset her. For whatever reason, she chooses to keep her feelings to herself, or she decides 
not to share how busy she is and how she took time out of her schedule to spend quality time with me. And this could be untold because she doesn't feel like it's worth it to share or because she doesn't think I'll be receptive or a number of different reasons. The third you is for unheard stories, stories that we do choose to tell that aren't heard or received. So this has less to do with the person telling the story and more to the person being told the story. For example, maybe my friend has tried to communicate her values around timeliness to me before, but I wasn't receptive or I didn't pick up on that. The last U stands for untellable stories. Stories that we do not tell because they are painful or forbidden by some standards in society. And this differs from untold stories, because with untold stories, the way I see it is that we make the choice to withhold an untold story. But untellable stories almost demand secrecy. It's less about us making a conscious choice to withhold the story and more about not even feeling like we have the option to tell the story because of the content, because it's painful to us personally, or stigmatized by society. In our example, maybe the untellable story for my friend is how time played a role in her family growing up. Maybe she saw a lot of conflict around timeliness. Maybe one of her parents was always early, one was always late, and this created tension that she was always really aware of. And so it, it instilled in her this value of time. But of course, I wouldn't know this because it's an untellable story. So this might be an untellable story because she doesn't want to share that intimate detail of her family life. Because she doesn't think she should share information about the dysfunction of her family or because she herself might not even recognize how it affected her. And next is the first T, which stands for storytelling, the action of communicating our lived stories. It's more about how we are communicating. Like in our example, my friend might try to communicate her feelings indirectly by being standoffish or short with me during our lunch together or she might be quiet and timid, knowingly or unknowingly expressing her hurt in the situation. Either way, she could communicate how she is feeling, but there's a lot of room for variation with how she chooses to communicate that. And the last T is stories told. If storytelling is the how, then stories told is the what or the content of our stories that we tell. So as my friend and I depart from our lunch, she could return home and tell her roommate everything that happened, maybe even including more of the background about why it upset her so much. The story that she tells is informed by all this pre-existing context. Whereas if I go home and tell my roommate about my lunch, I don't have all that context as part of my story told. From my perspective, I might just say that my friend was being rude or was acting weird, but not have enough information to understand why or to know what caused that. My told story might also be informed by the context of our relationship. How long have we been friends? Do we generally talk openly about our grievances? Do we tend to be avoidant in conflict? Has this been a problem before? Or even the person eating lunch at the table next to us would have their own told story version of this. Maybe they saw my friend wait by themselves for 20 minutes before I showed up 
And maybe they recognized that my friend was getting upset. And then maybe they heard that I didn't acknowledge my tardiness and listen to the tone of our conversation. And they don't know my friend's entire context, but they might know things that I don't know, making their stories told different from mine or my friend's. So to recap this model, loot includes our stories live, our unknown stories, untold stories, our unheard stories, our untellable stories, our storytelling, and our stories told. I think just seeing this model and those phrases on their own can be off-putting or seem difficult to grasp for people or to translate into our own lives as something that actually is applicable. But my hope is that using that example of my friend and I and our lunch and really unpacking all those different layers that exist, that that was helpful to show how it can be applied to any number of our interactions. Maybe that you can do some reflecting on how this model might fit into different interactions in your life. Because the purpose of a model like this is to give us a lens to look at our life through, right? Like if we can have an experience and understand it as the multi-layered, complex collection of stories, both told and untold that it is, right? If we can start to pay attention to the factors that we feel give us permission to tell our stories or signal that we're safe to tell our stories or the factors that we feel prevent us from telling our stories because we recognize that they're not welcome or, or not validated in that space, then is when our experiences and our interpretations of those experiences become so much richer by having that understanding. Because it's true, there are so many outside, bigger factors that are out of our control that do affect our stories, like our socioeconomic status, privilege, gender, race, sexuality. It's, it's thinking about which voices are privileged over others in certain spaces or how have similar stories been received before. Kim Pierce, the president of the CMM Institute, notes that this model is not about finding the correct story so that you can label stories right or wrong. Neither my friend or I's story of what happened at lunch are right or wrong. They're just our stories. But a lot of people have trouble existing in this gray area when they're used to the black and white of right and wrong. It's a form of dissonance where two competing ideas exist at the same time and our brain doesn't know what to do with itself. It can be uncomfortable to experience dissonance, but it's not always bad. If anything, it motivates us to resolve the dissonance, which requires us to think more critically. The purpose of this model is about widening our awareness to build the habit of recognizing how complex our social worlds really are. Because as we grow our capacity for staying in the dissonance, we also increase our capacity to hold uncomfortable feelings like hurt or anger or jealousy, things that can teach us if we let them. And it also gives us a greater ability to engage with other people with more compassion and empathy. Spend some time reflecting on an interaction that you had recently. Apply the loot model to it and see how it deepens your understanding. Not every interaction is going to fit perfectly and you 
certainly don't have all the pieces, as we learned from the untold, unheard, and unknown and untellable stories, as we learned from the use of the loop model, see how it deepens your understanding and how it grows compassion for yourself and the other person. That is it for this episode of Stories Lived, Stories Told. I'm Abby, and I'm so glad that you joined me today. <laughs>